Thank you for joining us for another episode of Honey Trap. On this episode, we talk about confessions and psychoanalysis. Do join in and play the game with us. We might even be able to interpret your answers if you send them to honeytrappodcast at outlook.com. Keep tuning in. Hi. Hey. How are you? How was your day? And I was thinking about confessions or things that other people might not know about you. Okay. I'll go first. Um, I can't swim. Okay. I almost drowned when I was 10. So, yeah, I just never went back to the pool. I never learned. So all these wonderful holidays like Thailand and um, coral reef fishing and all that stuff is just completely wasted on me. I'll teach you how to swim. Um, so the last time someone said that to me, um, ended up going to swimming pool and then um, this person just gave up on me and just did laps on their own. And I was just um, sitting there in the corner. Just being like, <laughs> it's not funny. I think I, when I was younger, I remember being really good at like diving or initially and also just floating um but then I never went back to the pool after I almost drowned used to get my dad to write a letter to be like yep she's not physically able to do this and so I was excused from um swimming lessons for ages but it's such a shame I always am so jealous when I see people just running into the sea and just swimming it just looks so freeing and I could improve on my own skills too so so you're not a good swimmer? I used to be. I don't know what happened. When was the last I time think... you went swimming? Uh, I'd love to go swimming, actually. I remember once we were in this boat, we went to this lovely little island in like New York, Slovenia. As in Lake Bled in Slovenia? Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so picturesque. Yes. We did um interrailing trip. Our highlight was obviously Slovenia and Lake Bled. And we had decided that we were not only going to interrail, but we were also, so as in backpacking, but we also wanted to be campers. So we had a tent, so we didn't have sleeping bags. Um, so uh, we were sleeping by this lake and it got incredibly cold at night. So we ended up wearing all our clothes and hugging each other to sleep because it was just so, so cold. But it was just so beautiful. And then we got a boat out to the church in the middle. Um, but I'm not the best rower. Uh, but we had no choice. We were halfway. <laughs> and neither me nor said I could swim. So we had to get there. <laughs> but no, it was just, oh, the blue waters. is actually, oh, it's making me miss going on holiday. And everybody was jumping in and out of the water in this crystal blue water. And there's me on the rowing boat. You didn't jump in? Okay. No, because I, I didn't know how to keep myself afloat. And then I learned that. And then I got better. But anyway. I want to listen to you tonight. I'm not talking anything. <laughs> I'm not that speaking. 
that um, really is quite a surprise considering you love the sound of your own voice. Maybe I like yours more. Mm, maybe. But you haven't confessed to anything. What is it about you that nobody else knows? Uh, that nobody else knows. That's mm. what a confession is, usually. The, when I was in the Dead Sea, I put my ear in the water. And okay. Time to time, I can't hear from my left ear. Oh, really? Mm. That's I, I can... a, a good thing, though. Why? So I don't know if you've ever read this book, um, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. It's one of my favorite books, and it was also turned into a movie. But there is this old man that goes to the doctor, and he's like, I've got something in my ear. Um, I don't know what's wrong with this ear. So he has a look in the ear, and it turns out, sorry, this is a spoiler alert. Uh, it turns out that there is a pea in his ear. So this doctor manages to fish it out. And then he, when he returns home... His wife continues to nag at him for various things. So he goes back to the doctor and says, well, can you put it back in? Because I can't take her nagging. So maybe you not like properly hearing is a good thing for, you know, your relationships with people. Do you think that's why we're getting along? Well, you can clearly hear. But um, so that's happened ever since you went to Jordan. Yeah, I think it was at the second time I was at the Dead Sea. Mm. Did you float? Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I like, floated quite far out as well. I was so jealous. Why? Because I was too afraid to float. Are you kidding me? I wish I was. But, like, did you not, like, just see how people just float because the water well, was so dense? But I wouldn't be able to swim and so I didn't even, swim. I know that, but I, I was so afraid, so I didn't try. Oh, I wish I was with you. Yeah, so that's one of my regrets, I guess. So I think I'd have to go back to Jordan again after I've I'll learned how to swim. To Jordan. But if I'm taking you back to Jordan, you'll have to meet all my friends. I have to do what with your friends? You'll have to meet all my friends, especially a couple of... Uh, dear people to me mm. because if we were going to Jordan together that means we we're already somewhere in something um, let's save that for like episode 89 27 or <laughs> <laughs> um, what are we on like episode is that 6 the prize? I don't know prize? I mean I just think you should only say things you mean I do. And that, um, you know, uh, if it happens, it happens. And if it's meant to be, it will be. Simple as. Mm -hmm. mm. But I would love to learn how to swim. That was one of my things. So I got rid of resolutions a very long time ago. I just decided that if I wanted something in my life, then I should just do it. It's not about... Okay you know having a resolution to do so it's just about doing it simple as so yeah. um you know i was exercising loads like and i have a naturally quite addictive personality so mm -hmm. i quite like a regime um so i will you know get up and go running at a certain time and then i would do my hit and then i would do my breakfast and whatever and it's very methodical um and i've got a plan for it um so then i started running 
uh, quite seriously. I used to do sort of 10Ks a day, um, sort of three, four years ago, because I really wanted to do the London Marathon. So I would easily do 60Ks a week. And with university, um, I couldn't fit that in after university because I didn't get home till about 11. So I'd get up at four in the morning and go for that 10K run every morning without fail. Um, what else did I do? I took up tennis lessons, like seriously tennis um, lessons. What else? Um, yeah, I think that's about it really. Um, I think health is is quite a big thing because I think with sports in general, it takes um, so much self-discipline and, and self-will. But for me, overcoming something physically means that I could overcome anything mentally. And it's just that sort of um, Norman Vincent um, Peel wrote a book that my dad got me and it was called The Power of Positive Thinking. He essentially um, says in this book that through the power of prayer and he primarily talks about Christianity, but you can relate it to any religious faith um, that if you if you throw your heart over the bar, then your body will follow. And this process of intention and intending to do something and doing it is that mental battle that you fight initially and the moment you make that decision to do something then you will do it I think that's why I I probably hold a lot of meaning when people say that they're going to do something because for me I don't I don't say it lightly in fact I I never say it lightly (laughs) so if I say I'm going to come and pick you up on this day I'm going to be there and if I don't come it's probably because I died on the way come I'll resurrect you also I can't help feeling that your intermittent hearing impairment is not really a confession (laughs) it sounds like you're evading my battery's dying (laughs) convenient so so convenient I'm joking. I have a couple of minutes still. Um, something to confess. Like, okay, you don't know how to swim. Yeah, I don't know how to swim in deep waters. There. I can't believe that you're going to settle for that. Well, that, coupled with the ear thing, that's a mighty confession. No. So if we're going to do tip for tat, let's talk about real confessions. So real confessions for me is so there was a time when I a disagreement with my parents turned into a bit more than a disagreement and it just shifted my relationship with them and it was a catalyst that led me to leave home and I left home without really informing them of where I was going or whether I was safe um, and that really destroyed them. That one determined sperm decides to swim upstream. How do you feel about that decision now? I will always feel guilty about it. I still feel like it was the right decision because she would have always kind of held that over me and uh, fertilize that egg but I think religiously however if I think about it Islamically then 
it's not even it's not my right and actually I'm the one who put well we both created that predicament for ourselves by uh, doing something out of wedlock let's say right so it's like a snowball effect I get now why you wanted to tell me about your intermittent hearing impairment <laughs> I think when we kid ourselves essentially that having a sort of extramarital or enjoying the the pleasures of an extramarital relationship, it's just set to fail because of this, because essentially marriage and sex is to create a family and that's a functional unit of society and so on. And yes, yes, there's protection and that, but there's always that 0.01% that I think it's a difficult one. I think, um, I think that's, let's just be honest. Um, anything which we deem to be halal, which is clearly ordained as haram, is never a good thing. That decision, once that egg is fertilized, I think. I'd have to have the baby, I guess. But there is also part of me that is there is a sort of rational process whereby you decide what is it to bring a child into the world um, and to be a parent. And if I wasn't physically or emotionally there, then that would be unfair to that child. But the maternal instinct in me would say, even if I was on my own, I'd end up having the child regardless, even if the father didn't want to be part of it. Are you okay? You're very quiet. I'm sorry if I've upset you. You haven't upset me. I'm just... I'm listening to you. I'm imagining you. Died. I am. Do you want to go to bed? I do. Okay. But I want to listen to your voice. I'll go to bed. So keep talking. <laughs> I don't know if I like this. Why? That felt... Because um, all I could hear was this silence and I just... I was worried that you were upset or I'd upset you somehow. I'm sorry. Tell me a story. Okay, instead of a story, how about we play a game? As long as you're talking and I'm listening and falling asleep. Okay, I will talk the majority of the time, but we're going to play this game and it will require you to answer questions. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So I want you to close your eyes and I want you to imagine that you're on a desert. And there is a cube. Tell me, how big is the cube? It's like a pyramid size. So it's big. It's huge. And what is the cube made of? Ice. And where is it in relation to the sand of the desert? It's like hovering just above it. 
How many meters or feet are we talking? Enough for people to pass. And besides the cube, there is a ladder. Where is the ladder in relation to the cube? Is it far away? It's resting on it. it. Okay. How many rungs does the ladder have? Oh, I don't know. Probably like 396. What is the ladder made of? Wood. And the top of the ladder, does it reach the top of the, the cube? It's resting on it. It just about reaches the top. You have to climb up at the end yourself. Okay, so along, so there is the cube and there is the ladder. And I, now I want you to imagine that there is a horse. Where is the horse in relation to the cube? You would want the horse to be at the bottom, but actually the horse is on top of the cube. What is the horse doing? He's about to fly. You know horses don't fly. What does the horse look like? Majestic and silky smooth, calm, but magnanimous. Look up at the sky. Is it clear or are there clouds? Sky is somewhat cloudy, but not grey clouds. White, full, fluffy clouds. Are they far away or near? You seem quite near. You know, I've played this game with quite a few people, and every time I figure that each of these symbols mean something but I have never found it to be as true than today with the answers you've given me and it's really scary why because I now believe that this game is true <laughs> what does it represent so the cube is your ego and you have a massive ego but for some reason, it doesn't really exist or it's prone to criticism or expectation or because it melts. Yeah. It's not fixed, yeah. which is interesting. But it is a massive ego that you have there. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Mm. Th that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I think it's more intriguing that you've got a massive ego that melts. It's such a contradiction. <laughs> the ladder is your ambition. So you said that it's wooden and that it has many rungs, which suggests that you are very, 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 very ambitious. But also it's resting on that ego. So wherever you see yourself in 10, 20 years time, it matches up with the way you convey yourself and your actions and so on. Mm. And it's interesting that you said it rests to the top of that. So whatever your ambition is, you see that it's, it's somehow you're able to reach that goal in the end. It just requires that little effort when you get there after the arduous task of climbing the rungs, because you said it, reaches just near the top but you still need to push yourself mm. to get up there 
that's an interesting little detail so I wonder in life whether you when opportunities come you find that it's easy to get there but then that extra little push Mm. is something you physically have to work Mm. on and mentally prepare for to achieve something I don't know I mean I'm just psychoanalyzing you but that's that Mm. now the horse for me is probably the most interesting answer you've given because it resonates with what's been happening in your life recently. And that's why it scares me so much because I've never found it to be as true as it is today. The horse is the most stable person that you look up to or is there in your life or some sort of idol that you you know want approval from and that for you is your grandfather and what's incredibly interesting is that nobody has ever said to me that that horse is flying now we know he passed away and therefore your imagination is somehow eluding that flight with passing on to the next stage of life and that is incredibly fascinating I think these answers really do play on our own imaginations a little bit because it's essentially a blank canvas you know it's a desert so I think that's really interesting and you use very specific terminology to describe the horse you what did you say calm but strong yeah stable but magnanimous you used a specific word beginning with m magnanimous exactly and i think often when you talk about your grandfather that's how you see him whether it's him physically or the legacy that he's left and the footsteps that you have to follow in i think that's incredible more importantly is your outlook on life you said that the sky was cloudy so you see that there are certain things you have to overcome certain problems and and there's quite a few up there that you have to deal with but you're aware of it so you have a sense of or insight into the reality of your situation you know what you have to do to get there I don't think we need any more confessions from you. I think I've got everything I needed. Would you agree that I have sort of a basis of your character based on this series of questions? That you're egotistical and overly ambitious? You could also see that perhaps the ice is for people because the desert is barren. I think that you are trying to psychoanalyze my psychoanalysis (laughs) and just doing your classic Mr. T waffling. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with me though. Not this, but what you spoke about earlier. I know. Share a lot with you and the six people who listen. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's had twelve plays, okay. We're 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 going up in the world. Really? Um, But also, I just wanted to say that the greatest thing about our faith is regardless of how far you go or what wrongs you have done, 
the ability to repent is our salvation. Mm. And for every soul, that's the hope that we have. Totally. And that gives you hope. Thank you for listening to Confessions and Psychoanalysis. If you love what you're hearing, drop us an email on honeytrappodcast at outlook.com. Keep tuning in. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Honey Trap. On this episode, we talk about the rule of two out of three, avoidance behavior and the massive elephant in the room. If you enjoy what you're listening to, then drop us an email on honeytrappodcast at outlook.com. Thank you for listening to another episode of Honey Trap. If you love what you're hearing, then drop us an email on honeytrappodcast at outlook.com. Keep tuning in. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Honey Trap. On this episode, we talk about self-sabotage and self-reflection. Do tell us what you think. Drop us an email on honeytrappodcast at outlook.com. Keep tuning in. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Honey Trap. On this episode, we talk about trust. What is it to trust someone? This episode is a teaser to the next, so keep tuning in. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Honey Trap. On this episode, the plot thickens. We talk about trust issues and commitment phobia. Do join in on the conversation and drop us an email on honeytrappodcast at outlook.com. Keep tuning in.